I'm Harmony Williams, and this is Life Changing Trips. Sometimes it's hard to see the freedom and the beauty that lives behind the weight of everything we carry. But I believe that life is so amazing, and I can't waste another moment. I'm so excited to be here with you for another transformational conversation about experiences and the latest research on plant medicine, meditation, breath work, and other unconventional modalities, and how they are being used for mental health and expansion. I hope by listening that you will find ways to integrate your peak experiences and epiphanies to open up new levels of possibilities, ingenuity, and fulfillment in business, and deeper, authentic connection and passion in your relationships, and a feeling of purpose, of living fully alive. All content is for informational, entertainment, educational, and harm reduction purposes only. Life-Changing Trips and Harmony Williams and their affiliates and guests are not doctors or mental health professionals or legal advisors. Any information shared is not meant to treat, diagnose, or claim cures for any physical conditions or mental illness. Psychedelics and sacred plant medicines are not for everyone, even when done legally. There are serious contraindications with various health conditions and pharmaceutical medications. Please do your own research and take action to be informed. Remember that you are 100% responsible for your actions and subsequent consequences. The views of the guests are not the views and opinions of life-changing trips. Welcome, Erin. I am so excited to have this conversation with you. This is going to be fun. So Erin and I are longtime friends and she is just a beautiful person, really. She's helped me out on my journey so much seeing who I am and seeing the beauty inside of me, man, I could go into all kinds of good stories from our, (laughs) from our past and our hike up at Gooseberry and the things you taught me. So, but first I want to just have you give a brief background about you. Perfect. Yeah. So just to keep it brief, I do have like a medical background as far as career goes. I've done physical therapy for the last 11 years And so I do have this really logical left side brain, but you know, I have a unique history because I grew up with Tourette's, you know, as a child and Western medicine really failed me. Mm. (laughs) When I mean failed me, means like no answers, no solutions, like dead end. It was a real struggle as a child. And so I was kind of forced to venture into holistic health. And that's where I really developed a love for alternative medicine. And it really opened me up to see what's possible outside of the really limited Western medical box. Yeah, And my greatest results came from a holistic approach from childhood. And so when I was introduced to shrooms, you know, psychedelic type of therapy. It wasn't really introduced so much as like a therapy, but I had a friend that was like, you should try this. It's so mind blowing. It's just a really cool experience. And I've heard of them like in high school, but it always had this like taboo, like, Ooh, that's like dangerous drugs. Like don't do it. So I had a skewed perspective of it to begin with, Mm -hmm. but as I got older and heard more about it, I was like, you know what? There's actually a lot of medical research that's going on with them. And I was open to trying something new after doing my own research. So that's kind of the upbringing that got me to the point of where I was opening or opened up to trying it myself when I was in my mid twenties. 
Cool. I love it. We worked, I worked for your company for GPP Fitness. That was super oh, yeah. fun. Right, right. I know we have so many different things that we yeah, are we're both food nerds, fitness nerds, <laughs> nature nerds. Our paths have crossed so many times. And and then yeah, I remember just physical therapy advice stuff too while you were there. So I I had even forgotten about that when we first got on the call because there's been so much in between. I then. know. Life is such a journey. Life is truly a trip. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And I want to enjoy it, you know? Okay. So as far as any of that, do you have any insights you want to share right now about the biochemical reactions or anything that you found that was in specific that maybe people could go check out or just hear a little nugget from you? Yeah. So that's a great question because at the time that my friend introduced me to it saying, Hey, like I'll kind of initiate you into it. Cause it's scary to do something alone for the first time when you have zero experience with psychedelics, you're yeah. like, what the hell am I getting into? Yeah. It was really nice to do it with someone I trust and am comfortable with. And we started with a small dose to kind of like get into it. And it was the most beautiful experience. So that was, you know, happening there. But also what really I feel like brought me to the point where I was excited about trying it for a more spiritual purpose, because of course I had, you know, I had some friends who did it like recreationally and this and that. And I'm not really into the like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love to party. Give me a party moment here and there. But my intention wasn't to try this for like a party thing or even a social thing. It was for a spiritual purpose to begin with. Mm. I had a roommate who, gosh, he's pretty much like a shaman. <laughs> like uh-huh. He has been studying ancient wisdom and he's really involved with like Native American sacred rituals and culture. And he would throw me little nuggets. We started talking about psychedelics and he's really like left side brain, intellectual, nerdy as well. Oh, And so when he started talking about, you know, how it affects the neurons and the neural pathways and how it actually like facilitates parts of your brain more holistically to fire, you know, there's, there's parts in your brain that actually activate more when you're doing these psychedelics. And there's been um, quite a a fair amount of research that actually shows that and goes into it, like with graphs and with actual medical research journals and stuff like that. Yeah. So would nerd out talking about that. And I was just like, Whoa. Yeah. I was like totally mind blown when he was sharing this stuff with me. I was like, I had no idea, but something that activated the neurons and the neural pathways so much, like that's pretty incredible. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of mystery with our brains anyways, and how we're, you know, it has a capacity that we're only utilizing a portion of it. And so to hear that something like facilitates that more. And then I started diving in and like comparing, like, how does it compare with like drugs and this and that, and some of the physical effects and, you know, hearing people's personal experiences, comparing that with some of like the medical stuff I've been hearing and how they were, have been using it for anti-depression, suicide treatment, all sorts of things, really like different cancers, different like Parkinson's, different tremor disorders, which I have a lot of history with on the therapy side with neuromuscular things. 
mm-hmm. like Parkinson's and all that. So the fact that this, you know, it's kind of like cannabis, like the fact that this natural thing can have such a health effect on people really hooked my curiosity because I'm such a health nut. Okay. I wanted to jump in because I, I didn't know if you even want to go into this and you don't have to, but you mentioned it earlier and then you brought up, well, you're just talking about the Parkinson's and it made me think about this as a child with Tourette's. What was that like? Are you open to sharing? Oh yes. Oh God. Yes. Like honestly, a dream of mine would be to like you know, and obviously the world would have to change a little bit before this is probably like sanctioned and supported. But I would love to see mushrooms, the effect of what it has with people with Tourette's because the effect it had on me was freaking life-changing. Really? I It was a, in biblical times, you know, when they would define a miracle yeah. as something that is beyond possible. Yeah. It literally like cured me of Tourette's syndrome, which is insane. Like the first time... And I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself. Yeah, I know. I'm like, see our disclaimer about we are not medical doctors and we are not claiming anything for you. She's just telling her experience. But that's amazing. It was insane. So as a child, I'll go back to your question. As a child, it was extremely hard because it it became really intense in my puberty years. So Mm -hmm. from like... Ooh, fourth grade to about 11th grade. Those years are was, terrible anyway. Oh, hard <laughs> enough as it is. I was just out of control. I mean, I, I got to a point I was like yelling at the top of my lungs all the time, mm-hmm. like screeching like a bird. <laughs> oh. And, you know, and I would like have motor Tourette's where I was like, I couldn't control, like my neck was always going crazy. It still twitches a lot, but it used to be crazy. Mm. I, silent reading in school was like an absolute hell. Terror. Be silent. I'm just, I was so noisy and I knew I was distracting. I just had so much shame and like self-hate, honestly. Yeah. So yeah, at a young age, and I didn't realize it till later, till I started doing some self-healing and deep dive journeying into my psyche that like, it's kind of, it was a trauma from childhood. I blocked out for most of my life, Mm -hmm. but as a child, I was suicidal at age six. That's pretty intense. Like I wanted to kill myself. I wanted to die. Not because I really wanted to die, but I was in so much pain from not being understood whatsoever. Like the medical field had no answers. Yeah. I had no idea what was wrong with me. And all I felt was rejection all the time. Yeah. From family, from like community. And it's not that people didn't love me and care for me, but they didn't understand what was going on and neither did I. So they were trying to like, yeah, I don't know. It was like, there was no answers. Yeah. <laughs> Nowadays, yeah, I mean, people know what it is. But back then, it was very not talked about. Oh, yeah. Was My whole, whole body, as you're describing this, like, <laughs> I could just feel that. I don't even know what it, what it is. But like, I can feel that and feel something for you. Maybe it's the journey I've done where I can like <laughs> go and feel other people's spirit a little bit, but just what that was like, not only, you know, was I crying, but like my body tingling and crackling. I can't even describe it, but I, mm. I can't imagine. And yeah, I mean, 
Even the adults in your life, imagine being a mom and you've got all these things going on, like you love them and it can be hard or distracting and you want to help them, but there's no help. And there's all, I can just imagine like being in that place, how hard that would be. And then, yeah, just being a kid, how many kids struggle with these things. And I just had a gal on that she, well, she still is LDS, but she came from a very strict framework and she, they were helping a boy who they didn't know what was wrong with him. They just said, really, he's got like six months left to live. Just make him comfortable. And he was just shaking all day long, but he was seizing all day long. They didn't know it was seizures like every 10 seconds. And so her mentor helped him with cannabis and he's still alive two and a half years later. And all the seizing stopped with cannabis. Wow. And she's like, okay, that changed my view a little bit. You know, yeah. this this plant that I've heard is so bad, right. it saved this kid's life. It changed his life. And how, I don't know, if you have a child or if you are, you know, someone that's gone through that, how life-changing something like that can be when I, I watched also a video with the Parkinson's on YouTube where yeah. a guy, insane. <laughs> had, they show him walking in, he can't talk, he's just full on shaking. And then they show him like five minutes after the cannabis kicks in and he's talking and he's in, yeah. it's like tear jerking this. Like <laughs> this a miracle. Video. Like how yeah. is this possible when like, you know, the medical realm has no solutions like that. Yeah. No way of creating such a, such a holistic solution. You know, and that's what I got to experience. And sometimes I watch those videos and I'm like, oh man, like, is that, is that really what yeah. happened? Or are they modifying it or making right. it look like Was that? Was he faking it when or he like, walked in? But my experience is mine. Like, I know what happened. I know how powerful it was. And, and honestly, when I tried, so as a child, thank God, my mom was just like determined to figure something out. So once I was diagnosed, which was third grade, so about nine years old with Tourette's, it helped a lot because it gave me like, oh, there is a reason why I'm like crazy. Aww, <laughs> like, there is yeah. a reason why I can't control my body. Like I'm not just wacky. Yeah. So it at least calmed that down. But there was a lot of self-destructive, self-hate that was already developed, mm -hmm. but it gave me a path. And my mom took that path. Thank God for the mom I have mm -hmm. and had, you know, she, she went to town to research holistic approaches. We tried like the medical, Western medical approach. They put me on like muscle relaxers. I was like a zombie in school. Oh. And I was like, mom, screw this. Like, I'm not doing this. Mm -hmm. Oh, my personality. Right. So... Yeah. So she actually found um, a, like a supplement line that really worked on balancing the neurotransmitters in your brain. And when it comes to, you know, as far, we do know a fair amount about Tourette's, but there's a lot that's unknown. It's a lot of guesswork and a lot of the research is like inconclusive and variable. But basically, they limit it down to, it's like a cousin to Parkinson's disease. It's like an imbalance of your neurotransmitter, like the chemicals in your brain that control the voluntary movement control. And um, like GABA and dopamine 
are two of the main neurotransmitters. Mm -hmm. So it would be interesting, like I know the research isn't there, but it'd be really interesting to see how um, these psychedelic mushrooms, like the effect it actually has on my biochemistry, like on, on neurotransmitters, yeah. like, is it, is it a perception? Is it actually changing the chemistry of those neurotransmitters? Is it blocking certain things? Like yeah. lots of variables, right? But my brain is just like, oh man, I'd love to know the curiosity behind the biochemistry fascinates me, mm -hmm. right? Well, they're starting so, to do research on yeah, exactly what's going on yeah. in the brain with it and how it affects it. Right. It would be, I hope they get there soon because that would be really cool to see specifically on, yeah, the the Parkinson's brains or Tourette's part, brain. Or like my, why does it affect me so well? Yeah. Why are my results so perfect? And so when I tried mushrooms for the first time, I honestly, it was like, it was one of the most emotional moments of my life, which I did not expect. Right. So I was with a friend, you know, with a girlfriend and we were just doing it for fun. It was just this lighthearted thing. She was doing art mm -hmm. and I was just trying it. So I was just prepped for the journey mm -hmm. and little did I know I was about to experience for the first time in my life that I can remember not having Tourette's like not having ticks, like not having that inner buzzing, the involuntary compulsory need to move or twitch or like, there's like this inner, like a, I call it a squirrel. <laughs> it's like an inner ADHD that's constantly flowing through my body. And when I took mushrooms for the first time, gone, it was so still. I just laid there. It made my body so calm that I didn't, I didn't know how to move. I didn't want to move. I was like, oh my gosh, this is what it feels like. To be normal. To like be normal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's it's, all the time. Yeah, a terrible way to say it. Sorry. No, no. It's like, I totally thought the same thing though. I was like, this is what normalcy is. This is like what everyone feels. Like, this is so calm. I just started bawling oh. <laughs> and my friend, are you okay? I'm like, yes. And then, you know, mushrooms make me teary and emotional anyways as a side effect. But I was having this massive experience of like, this is an effing miracle, people. <laughs> like, do you realize what this is? Like, this is something I've had my whole life and all of a sudden it's gone. Like I get to experience like for someone who's crippled, I get to walk for six hours. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. I just think... Oh, that was how, massive. <laughs> oh, so incredible. Again, I got like brain tingles as yeah. you're talking. But I was thinking if, if they hadn't been blacklisted, I don't know how to say it, but because of fear, and we'd been able to do research on them the last 20 years, how much further we would be in knowing what they are and how they can help and, and mapping all of this out. It's so incredible as I hear stories like this. And a lot of them I'm hearing are on YouTube, and it's totally different coming from firsthand from someone I know and trust and you know what I mean? And love. Exactly. And I'm... It's, it's so different, but still, still, I think people can tell how genuine you are. And, you know, it's, it's something, even if they don't know you personally, that 
I mean, my body can feel that's for sure. (laughs) You're getting the tingles, the truth tingles is what I call them. Truth bumps. (laughs) Seriously, I was going to say for a lot of people, this isn't like, and everyone has a different effect. Like several people do it before bed, like microdose before bed. Right. And, and there is like kind of a calming part maybe of mushroom trip, but also some people say that it kind of gives them energy or fidgety or something too. So it's interesting how differently it affects each person and where you're at and probably each person on each journey, right? Where you're at at that time and what you're going through and how it's so unknown or I don't know how to say it so different every time. It is. I mean, I've I've done it so many times, but you know, once I once I explored that first experience, once I had that first experience, it blew my whole concept of reality like a rocket. I mean, it just blew my mind of what's possible. Mm-hmm. And then I really started journeying it because I'm a deep diver. When I find a piece of truth in something that's outside of my awareness that now exists that didn't before. I'm like, I have to know more. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I've done so many different trips and they're all so different from each other. And it's all extremely personal and personalized. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about these little creatures. I call them all my little friends. <laughs> <laughs> they're my little, my little mushroom friends. But mm-hmm. what's incredible is they're like, it's like having like the perfect therapist, in my opinion, where like it, and it doesn't always give you what you're seeking. Don't get me wrong. Like it's not always this, like incredible experience or this really impactful. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it's not. I've had somewhere I'm like, what the hell was that about? Like that was just weird. Like I don't even know what to take from that. And then other times it's these really incredible moments. So, and it's, it's really individualized. I think it teaches you in the way you need to learn which is really cool. Like it's it's beyond any medicine that we have in the Western world because it doesn't interact with you as a consciousness. Yeah. Right? It's, it's you know, medicine, med- like taking a pill. But yeah, this is a, a living consciousness that is interacting with your consciousness. And it has a very different effect because of that. It's really incredible. Yeah. <laughs> when, when you say consciousness, like that sounds so woo, you know, I can hear people right. that are skeptical rolling their eyes. But when you think about this mycelium network that yeah. is communicating and you can go research this, right? That is communicating tree from tree to tree. That's how they're communicating to each other through this mycelium network that this one mm-hmm. needs carbon or this one's in trouble and this one needs help. And they're sending things through this. It's, it's intelligent. It's, there's intelligence there, you know, there's something going on. It's mind blowing. If you go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We could. I know it's a whole rabbit hole to go into, but it is. It's a network. It's a community. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. So I hope people do actually look into more of the depths like that. You know, if anyone has watched Avatar, which I'm sure most people have, like when you when you see that part when they're at the Yewa tree and they're all connected into this force and they're all connected to each other, I'm like, huh mycelium <laughs> mushrooms that's, that's awareness that's we're all that you know and whether people have gone into those belief systems or not or looked into that spiritual side of it that's up to a person right that's up to someone's journey but the fact of the matter is 
that there's a clear connectivity. There's a clear interaction with this thing that you're ingesting. It's just like putting food in your body. It has an effect on you. But this one, this one is different, you know, than some supplement of potassium you're taking in the morning or an antidepressant that you're popping in. Like this interacts with you in a very unique way. And if you try it, you'll understand. Right. So, yeah. Uh, yes, we could go down 10 rabbit holes, but... Would you be willing to bring us close to, and thank you for sharing and just being so vulnerable and open. I hope that that helps some people just hearing that, that may resonate with that. And there's, there's so many, they're exploring this. I mean, they have the research out and it's been out for depression, PTSD. Well, that's more with MDMA and several things, you know, people quitting smoking and getting off drugs. The bad ones, like these should not be classified in there. Anyway, that's a whole nother story. They are powerful. And so there are, there are precautions and you want to be careful. And that's why I have a disclaimer at the first of this, but they are researching so many different things and there's so many possibilities. And just as I hear little stories of people and it's like, oh, that'd be cool if they studied that, like somebody's daughter accidentally taking it and she was... ODD and had an eating disorder. And after this journey she went on (laughs) accidentally, she was like nine, no longer has ODD and an eating disorder. I'm like, what could they study this for? Like so many things. Cause like you said, it's so personal. It's interacting with, Mm -hmm. and it's so unique in Anyway, okay. Uh, I won't go down that rabbit hole, but bring us <laughs> yeah. to the oh no, I will. Okay, one more thing, just because you're here and yeah. and I I was just recently talking with someone and he's working with the guy in Utah that is working to get psilocybin legalized in Utah. So we've got Oregon and Colorado that are doing great things. And I've realized with the LGBTQ movement, I went to the gala and they were saying the reason why. Utah has more progressive laws than Nevada or, you know, like our state is so much more conservative than some of these surrounding states. It's because people have taken the time and the effort to get in front of the lawmakers, tell their stories, push, do the paperwork, push these things through. And it takes so many hours, which equates to if somebody's going to be doing, you know, we have several people doing full-time jobs trying to get these laws through, that's money, right? No one's just going to donate their entire year of working for free. And so there's been really generous donors that have helped get that through. And then I see this because I'm like, well, why does it take money to push a law through? Are you just paying people off? I don't understand. And that's that's why, because it takes time and effort and energy of people to do this. And same with, I'm I'm totally tangenting, but same with getting psilocybin legalized or these plants decriminalized in, right. in Utah. So we have people that are working on that. And if people want to support, there's Decrim Nature. That's a great place. I'll have to get more specific links for Utah. Yeah, I do. And I mean, then, that's something I'd be interested in. And like, I yeah. think there's a lot of people like me that we just like, Oh uh, yeah, I should do that. 
Right. I totally do that. It's just like, yeah. if it's right in front of me, boom, that makes it easy, you know? Yeah. So I'll do a link. At least yeah. I know Decrim Nature, I went and signed up as a volunteer so that if they needed anything in Utah and they are putting in a lot of work and effort and time cool. to help do that, which is awesome. And then, okay. So back to this guy who's working to legalize or decriminalize both in Utah, psilocybin. And they have been studying in the laboratories and they're vaporizing psilocybin and the effect that that has on its healing lung cells. This wow. is what they're finding in the studies is that the vape, this vaporized psilocybin great. thing they're doing. Isn't that so, there's so that's many. Great, especially with all the fear that's going around with the COVID <laughs> stuff that targets lungs. Like, gee, let's utilize this. Let's get rid of all this fear going around. Right? Look at your cute yeah. Christmas tree. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to move this so I'm not so wiggly. So you can just prop it up. Yeah. Anyway, that's I just that's keep that's thinking that's, that's lovely what like 20 years lost of all this research that they could have been doing and but it's okay we're here now trying to do it right the right way trying not to like I don't want people to just run out there and do this irresponsibly and wreak havoc on themselves and cause problems for the world or whatever you know I think definitely I don't know I can go on another tangent there I would like to add to that a little bit because I had a thought today just prepping for this conversation and my mind wandered to intuition. And for me, it's such an interesting thing and not everyone is attuned to themselves, but I'm highly attuned to myself and it's been a learning process on how, but I like you're ready when you feel ready. If you don't feel ready, you're not ready. <laughs> like you have to respect this thing that is like an inner compass in your gut. <laughs> and it's like if you're having massive anxiety or angst or like mm, not ready, like I don't, you're not, you're not ready yet. Like uh, the best thing to do is to listen to you, <laughs> like what you're feeling. And like, even for me, like I actually have not done a trip in like the last year, which is crazy because I would do it monthly for years. Mm -hmm. And I just have not felt like my life took dramatic changes. I had a lot of job changes. I had a lot of circumstance changes. I was traveling around the globe for like eight months and just like, go, 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 go. And my energy, I just think was too airy. Like it wasn't quite grounded enough mm -hmm. within myself. And I was going through a lot of emotional stuff and woo, just scattered. Yeah. And I did not feel like, you know what? Like I would love to shroom. Um, I'd love to go on a trip, but I can feel like I need to ground myself a little bit more before I do. Like, mm. I just don't feel like the time is appropriate for me. So I haven't. And I know that that's the right way to do it. Yeah. And, so and like, even with people, I have people asking me all the time, oh, like, I want to try my first time with you. Like, will you initiate me into it? Basically, like, let's trip together, da, da, da. which I totally love. And I like, it's a beautiful honor to like mm -hmm. be that person that people come to and trust and like to be that conduit to open this incredible experience for somebody with somebody. But I've also had to honor myself because I haven't felt like that's right for me right now. Like I can trip with people, 
But lately I've been feeling like it's such an introverted thing right now that I I don't feel inclined or pulled or compelled to do it with other people yeah. and initiate people into it. And it's like, I won't do that unless I feel the green lights inside myself saying, yes, go. Yes. And I think that's some... <laughs> whimsical mystical no um, that's like that's perfect that's the whole I'm so glad you said it because I was thinking today like this podcast isn't about this magic pill it's not about everybody has to do this that's not what it's about it's about finding the way to exactly what you said be aligned and listen to your like your wisdom inside of you and what your next step is and where you're supposed to go. And this might be a shortcut or might've been a shortcut for some of us to that alignment. And I did so much work beforehand getting there and, and work afterwards too, you know, integrating it and figuring things out. And that's so huge. Okay. Could I, ask you for your best tips to get into alignment. Yeah. That's what we're talking about, you know? Yeah, these are great questions. We could just keep going forever. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never um, get to your actual moment. Of I know, it's glory. possible. It to be another episode, but you know, that's a great we'll, question. We'll leave them yeah. hanging on a cliffhanger. They'll be like, but they never told us the story. <laughs> Next time. Um, that's a great question because I feel like that is maybe one of the biggest questions that beginners, people who've never tried it before have, like, how do I get myself ready for this experience? And a lot of people like want to do it with a shaman or create this really safe environment, which is great. Personally, what I feel is the best way to prepare for it is take time for yourself. First of all, reconnect with who you are, reconnect with yourself. And I'm really big on developing a relationship, a love relationship with yourself. I tell people I'm dating myself. Oh, who are you dating? Me, I'm dating myself. I'm always dating myself. Yes. So much of my time. (laughs) But really it's a relationship you have to develop. And so what I recommend is like, Take a day or two to ground into yourself. So whether that's go be in nature, go do a hike, play some music, do some art, deep breathing, meditating, be with your kids and just observe their beauty. Like do something that you love and don't don't do something that people tell you you should do. Like do something you love and it's personal to you that you know grounds you, go take a bubble bath, go read a book, whatever makes you feel like loving to yourself. So do some of that and connect and ground, in my opinion. I also really like, and this came from the roommate who kind of introduced me to a lot of the more spiritual side of it before I did it that I told you about. Uh He always says, eat vegetables, like kind of do an internal detox, like Mm. eat vegetables for the day before. Or maybe even go into the trip doing a fast. That's pretty hardcore. I don't recommend that for everybody. What I usually recommend people is like try to keep your food vibrant and light. Avoid like boxed foods or manufactured foods, but eat whole foods like from the ground, from the earth that you're about to also ingest, which are these little fungi, earth-based things. And so I recommend like a healthy salad 
for breakfast or something. You don't want to have too full of a stomach because that can decrease the symptoms or the effects of the mushrooms. You really want to see vibrant colors and have some really like more profound side effects. I recommend doing it on a more empty stomach. And it can make people kind of sick feeling to their stomach if they don't have food in there. It depends on the person. Yeah. But I usually recommend like eating some fruit for mm -hmm. breakfast or eating like a salad. But when I do trips, I'm pretty hardcore. Like I go deep and I go full out and I'm just like, let's go. <laughs> so I go into it with a fast. Yeah. I do a little meditation. I do some grounding. I do like whatever makes my soul feel good. I'll do some like incense or like even just like maybe some stretching or just like connect into myself. It's not necessary, but I like to do it as kind of a ritual for my own self. Yes. And then I like to kind of like have a little prayer. I talk to my shrooms <laughs> before I put them in me. She's I holding her hands in a little cup in front of her and looking at her friends. <laughs> That's right. I put, I put them in a little cup, you know, and how I like to eat them with peanut butter or chocolate it helps with the nasty taste. But I actually like to pray and I'm not like a religious person, but I like to give kind of a prayer. I like to connect to them and let them know what my intention is, what I'm wanting to get out of this experience. And usually I just invite by a very general thing. Like I'm wanting to see areas that I'm blocked in. I'm wanting to open up like an awareness in me for my higher good. I'd like to discover something that I need to know right now in my life or something that's keeping me from being where I want to be. You know, show me your strength, but be kind. I, I, I talk to them. I like give them my prayer. And then I trust them to do what they need to do for me. And it's crazy, but I'd say like more often than not, there is a connection there. <laughs> I love it. So good. Okay. I wanted to jump back to what you said. Okay. So if you're listening and you have no intention at the moment of doing any type of plant medicine or mushrooms or psychedelics or whatever. And everything she just said, take a day or two for yourself. I mean, doing this every month, every couple months to just go inside and figure out what you really need and get aligned and in tune and do things that you you love and bring you back to you date yourself have this this uh love affair with yourself but that also reminded me of just as part of this pre-work one of my mentors and life coaches would talk about anytime we're getting to this like oh, my husband he wouldn't go to this thing with me or he wouldn't do this or that or whatever. And there's a little process that I do. I do the work and the questions around it. And that really helps me. And she was just offering like, you know, the simplest thing to do is when you look at that, he should come with me to this thing I want him to come with to me with is, or he should take time for me. I think that was kind of her thing. Like he should take the time for me and he's choosing something else instead. And she was just like, oh, she immediately turned around. I should take time for me. So what mm. do I need to do so I can be aligned mm. and fill my cup? Or just immediately, anytime she was wanting her partner to yeah. do something for her or be different for her or asking them to change, she would look inside and see what she wasn't giving herself. Oh, I want him to talk to me. I'm not talking to me. I'm not having those deep 
conversations with myself and going inward and, oh, I want him to just spend some time relaxing with me, or I want, you know, him to go on a vacation with me. Well, when's the time I took, or, you know, took time to do those things for myself. So love everything you said, applicable to everyone in the world, anyone. I love that. That's actually a great practice. That is a really powerful tool. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. Oh man, I love this. This is what what it's really about for me is finding that spark within yourself and getting aligned and getting into that knowing where you just you know the next thing in life flows and you I love to show you this. Love so yourself. This one of my tattoos, right? What you just <sighs> said was exactly what that represents. It's like see that karmic cycle mm-hmm. and like the law of mirroring. That's what this means. Like as above, so below. Like that's it's a huge principle that's actually like a universal law the cosmic mirror like and that's beautiful anything you're looking external we should look for what is that internal for me it was really powerful what you just shared i hope people really hone in on that part it it is i love that i love your you have beautiful tattoos you have a great (laughs) tattoo artist but i love that you have those reminders for yourself and they're so powerful the the tree inside that was so pretty okay well i am happy to keep going on our self-development self-love journey as much as you want to go on it and i really would love for you to take us to where you were in the that moment of time you we're going to talk about a specific journey that you went on today so you want to bring us there kind of what was going on in your life Yes, here we go. (laughs) So fly back in time with me. Let's see, this was about three years ago. So at the time, I had done several mushroom trips by then. So I was was fairly practiced. And this upcoming trip that I was about preparing for, I was, I was, hmm. I was feeling a really strong pull, which we talked about. You have to listen to what you feel. I was feeling a very strong pull in this direction, but I knew that I really needed to like prepare myself. So I did actually prepare myself really well for this one. I did some fasting. I went into it ready, ready for anything to happen. And let's see. I also did the highest dose I've ever had before. I think, and you know how doses differ based on how fresh the shrooms are and how long they've been sitting or the temperatures. Like there's a lot of variables, the strain and this and that. But I did a five gram, a pretty solid amount. (laughs) So I was just ready to go. I was ready for that level of intensity. So I I took it on. So awesome. I was just going to say, I think... Like Johns Hopkins is probably more three, 2.5. I don't know, something like that. I've looked it up before. And, and that's a wonderful dose. Honestly, usually I'll yeah. stay between like a two and a three. That's yeah. like a really great experience. And you know what? Uh, this is also very strange, but when I'm having these trips, I'll again listen to how I feel during it because this one specifically, I think I started with three mm-hmm. and I got this really strong intuition that was like, you need a little more. Really? You need a little more. Just take a little more. And I was like, okay. So I did. I went and took two more grams and it was just, it brought me up to a vibration that got me exactly where I needed to go for this experience. And I know it's about frequency. I've Mm. studied the nerdy side of vibration and frequency a fair amount. 
And I know that these little fungi are related to frequency and creating vibration. So it, it put me up to that level of frequency. I could tell it wasn't quite there, which isn't always the case. More isn't always better. I'm not saying right. that either. So I was going to say, I was trying to pull it up because I think I screenshotted it. I was reading this article because this is what I do for fun about the Johns Hopkins ones. And yeah. they said that in their, they did different dosages in this particular one. They found that the the highest experiences, and I wanted to find it and read it, but I'll do my best to muddle through the gist of it. The highest experience of profound life-changing, like people who said this was the most life-changing thing I've ever experienced in my life. The most profound right. thing ever in my life. They were on these highest couple doses. And I hope I can find it again so I can link to it if I can find it. That they were, they are still more in that like 2.53, you know, they might have gone up to 3.5. But they said as, so those highest several doses had more life-changing effects. And the highest dose also, although it had the most profound effects on people, it also had a higher percentage of just the different negative side effects, incidences yeah. of those. And so that's something to be aware of. You might be like, okay, first trip, I'm, you know, if like two grams is good, I'm going 10 grams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? I've heard so many talk about like bad trips and I have a theory around bad trips. Yes. In my opinion, it's people are just not emotionally ready to cope with what it brings up because mm. it surfaces whatever the hell needs to surface. And you don't always know. Sometimes it's like the most gunky, junky skeleton in your closet that, that put right in front of your face. Of course, that's going to be a bad trip if you're not ready <laughs> to accept it and flow into it. So in my opinion, when you're doing mushrooms, you have to be in a state of acceptance and flow. And that's something I kind of tell myself, especially when shit was getting real <laughs> during that trip, when it started coming on and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a wild ride. Here we go. And I had to tell myself, just accept it. Just accept what it gives me. Just accept what it gives me. It'll be done at some point. I just need to flow, like mm. let it happen. And I think giving up my resistance mm -hmm. is a really powerful thing during any kind of psychedelic experience. I've, I've not only done mushrooms as a psychedelic experience, I've done a fair amount now. And if you can let go of resistance, you're going to have a way better experience, even in the worst experiences. Mm. Those bad trips. I've had some horribly bad trips that are just anxiety. Like it bubbled mm. up my anxiety that I had since childhood. And I was just this ancient, anxious mess. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what the heck is going on? It was the worst trip ever. But I had to surrender, surrender to it, surrender to it. And I got through that. And it actually opened up a lot of insight into me, into my dark recesses of my psychology. Like, oh, I had no idea I had anxiety. It's there. I'm really good at suppressing it, but it's there. And it came to talk to me. And it's just how we have to like, I feel like it's a really good approach. That's what they, they train the facilitators at Johns Hopkins too. I mean, they right. have, you can go online and read their whole kind of playbook and what they do. And if you see something scary, go, go towards it, allow, release, ask it what it's yeah. there to teach you rather than clinging in fear uh, mm -hmm. against it. 
exactly. If you could just surrender, it's a way better experience. So, and don't take more than you're ready for. <laughs> exactly. And don't take more than you're ready for. If you're not ready to surrender to the most crazy possibility, don't take more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So bring right, so to that moment. Where I was. Yes. So in that moment of time, I was struggling really bad with a couple, like, you know, I could call them addictions because sugar addiction is real. And people laugh at me when I'm like, I'm about to check myself into AA for food addiction. And they're like, that's so silly. I'm like, no, seriously. Like it's affecting me in a negative way. I can't get away from it. <laughs> it's, and it's oh, if it's terrible. overcoming your whole, everything you think about and that's, yeah. Yeah. It's just like this monster. And I was just like, okay, I was tired of that. And it has been years that I was trying to work on that. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing is, so addiction slash compulsory behavior patterns, that's really what I like to call addiction. It's just compulsion patterns. But where it's coming from is the tricky part, right? Is often it's coming from this dark spot, this blind spot that's outside of our awareness, that's nestled in our subconscious awareness. Mm -hmm. And so at this point of life, let's see, the seven years prior to this, I did obsessive digging into my psyche. So I was doing, so I had, I went through a really difficult divorce in my mid twenties. And during my marriage, I did a lot. That's when I stepped into really diving into some deeper stuff, like some shadow work, because I was really trying to like rescue that relationship. And I put in as much effort into therapy that I could to salvage what I had. Mm -hmm. So that's when I first started digging into myself. Yeah. So that was for, geez, four years of obsessive digging. And I went through several different programs, really impactful therapy-based type of programs, mm -hmm. learned a lot of skills and coping skills. And I, I want to jump in if I don't make you lose your thought. You got, yeah, you got okay. it. You got your thought. Yeah. I was just going to say, as you're talking about these food addictions and this work, I mean, I think both of us have been doing therapy yeah. or programs or life coaching, Self life coaches, Self or just this improvement. And I had been doing this for a long time and I got certified with one program, Outlook. Yeah. That was one of them that was awesome and life-changing for people. Really great for the ones that it finally clicked for, you know, that it, yeah. it clicked and it made it. And then is along the lines of the health, I was coaching for a 90 day mind body program. And so mm -hmm. we not only did we work out, but then where real changes for some people would come was that coaching. And so we'd go, but there was still, okay, so there's something behind it. Everybody knows they should eat healthier and not eat gobs of sugar all day long. And you know what I mean? Like we know that. And there's yeah. something behind it. Like you were saying, these dark recesses, these things we can't see. So this talk, basically talk therapy, this coaching really did help. And I would see one or two people in this program of like 20 women, right? That were helping that transform or with an eating disorder or whatever. And a couple of them, like it just really clicked and it... Whew, 
just changed everything. And once their mindset clicked and they released that, and now I'm thinking, holy crap, like if we could have done this coaching and done some intake and figured out where they were, we did all of that. And then had a little tiny, even a micro dose to open them up to these places in their mind that they can't see that they're just like blocking out. We're doing all this coaching and it's good stuff. And we're telling them all these great things and they couldn't make that switch, that flip. And then after they opened up and could see themselves a little more, then continue with the coaching and the talking and the talk therapy and all these great things that we're talking about, finding yourself and becoming aligned. And when you're aligned, you don't think about the cookie or the, like, it's just you, when you're living aligned, you just flow and you eat the the foods that sound good to your body and here's some blueberries great and here's this salad I'm so glad it was here and I'm and oh I'm making mac and cheese for my kids I used to beat myself up about eating mac and cheese right and it was like yep that's what's for dinner and I don't I'm not going to make myself a whole nother meal so I'm eating the mac and cheese and there's a cookie and I can eat it or not but I'm not going to feel guilty and you just live differently there was this one experience I had where I was like, okay, when I'm in the zone, I'm going to ask like, what do I need to do to lose this last 10, 15 pounds? You know, cause I used to be like super healthy and fit. And now I'm just like normal thinish mom, right? Yeah. <laughs> normal person that I just, you know, and, and I got to this, I was in this state and asked this question and it was laughable, like so funny that I would ask, and it just came so clearly to me, like there was no reason that I needed or would want to spend another second wasting my life counting calories or thinking about how to get thinner or how to how much more right. I needed to work out for that cookie I ate last night or how I need to look perfectly. Like I just wanted to live this life and explore <laughs> and these compulsion thoughts yeah always like not gone no way yeah and it stuck with me though it's just like every time I'm like oh dang you know we're having ice cream with the kids or I even like think about oh something like that I'm like no I'm gonna feel what's right to me right now and I'm gonna live my life and I'm not gonna waste time counting my calories or worrying about that. What I am worried, quote unquote, what I do want is to feel vibrant and healthy and alive and energy and passion and, you know, energy to go play with my kids and dance and do the things I want to do, ride my bike and be with the people I love. And that's what's important. So there's a side genuine core, right? That is the genuine motivator is finding out what's genuine for you. It's not mm-hmm. looking a certain way. It's it's that. It's being vibrant, like you just said. That's beautiful. Uh, I think that is the key to success. Mm-hmm. I really do. I yeah. love it. <laughs> well, we're done then. We've all found the key. No. And then yeah. it's keeping <laughs> keeping this alive when you get those epiphanies and you get those yeah, downloads. It's like, hey, 
I want this to be how I live every single day. And yeah, of course, we'll all fall into these funks and there's an up and down of life, but I want my baseline to be a little higher. And I want, yeah, yeah, to be like, okay, yeah, I felt that dip and that's okay because I know how to feel up here. I know how to live my life up here. So, okay, back to your thought where you were at. So actually you mentioned, uh, what was it? Outreach or Outlook or uh-huh. anyway, so look. the program that I was doing was called Landmark. I should mention oh, yeah. it because it was an incredible program yeah. and it really, so it actually put me in this state, same state as psychedelics did mm-hmm. without a lot of the psychedelic magic, but essentially it brought me to a space, like kind of a blank slate of sorts. And where you're um, living uh, for me, and you can say if it was for you, did it just help you be more yourself, like living authentic to yourself? Maybe that's how I felt at least. For sure. And also very present. And so this, this, um, I call it therapy, but you know, this method landmark method really, honestly, I swear to God, it like saved my life during Mm -hmm. the hardest time of my life for sure. Uh, I don't think I'd be here if it wasn't for that. But that was before I found psychedelics. And like you said before, like psychedelics is kind of the shortcut. It's like this trap door to this massive experience that you can get to without psychedelics. Like I have tripped consciously with no substance whatsoever, just from my state of awareness. You can get there with breathing. There's so many different methods. This is just a really easy shortcut. So at this time, and then a couple years prior to this, I, after I dated a guy for a year, we broke up. And at the end of that relationship, that was my my last serious relationship. It really dawned on me. It kind of freaked me out. Like, oh my God, I was so willing to change a lot of aspects about myself to win the love of this person that Mm -hmm. didn't want me in the way that I wanted him to want me. And that really like, it was a wake up call because I've done a lot of self-help stuff and learning up to that point. But that was a new level where life was saying, Aaron, there's something missing here because you pretty much were willing to sacrifice who you are to win the love of someone else. Like what the hell is going on with that? So I went into, so I went into an obsessive deep dive about boundaries and about self-love. And I realized that's where I discovered a lot of my inner demons and dark shadows and deep-rooted negative beliefs that were affecting me in a negative way. That willing to sacrifice my values and who I am to win the love of somebody else. To me, that felt so pathetic to finally admit that to myself. Like, ew, no way, that can't be me. But it's really weird to like identify with yourself a certain way. But then in reality, look at what you just did and you're like, whoa, there's something going on. That's yeah, not that's in not, You don't, you kind of push that out of your conscious. Like yeah, I'm not that type of a person that would yeah, do, do that. How codependent that felt or yeah. how like meshment that was or mm-hmm. whatever. So that led me on a two year really deep dive. And I went and traveled Asia by myself for nine months and had one of the most impactful life experiences that... I can't even explain. It was its own journey. Incredible. I came back Talk about dating yourself. Yeah, I did. That was a good date to take yourself on. Good job. That was the date. I fell in love with myself and I really (laughs) did fall in love with myself for the first time ever. So I had a lot of past trauma to heal. So I came back from that 
And then now this is about, this was about eight months after that um, traveling trip. So I'm here, right? And I've gone through a lot already, but this thing that I've been like plagued with my whole life started getting so bad. So let me go into that because this is where this really ties in because this mushroom trip I'm about to tell you about is very therapeutic. It was basically like 10 therapy sessions packed into one little mushroom trip. And the result was just so profound. It changed my life. It changed me. So at this point in time, I had this really annoying monthly occurrence. It happened around my menstrual cycle. And I thought that was the annoying monthly occurrence. <laughs> yeah, that, that, if only that, that was that was the easy part, you know. <laughs> I had really bad PMS. And so I'd get these crazy sugar cravings where I'd just like binge eat sugar for two weeks and I just was ravenous. It was just so obnoxious. Um and not only that, this was the worst part. I would get really depressive, dark, negative, like suicidal thoughts, kind of not like and not so obvious, like not because I had a friend once ask me, like, do you ever just think of like killing yourself? And I was like, dude, that's not normal. Yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, but actually looking in hindsight, I didn't realize that I had this subconscious pain that would really bubble up during that PMS phase. And to me, PMS just kind of inflates anything that's in me already, like any emotions or thoughts. It just kind of extrapolates them out of proportion. Mm -hmm but it's there. And so I would get this really depressed, hopeless, helpless feeling bubble up. And then it was so intense. It was so intense that it created almost the subconscious desperation to escape it. Cause I, I felt trapped by it. Like I couldn't escape it. I felt hijacked by this dark inner monster. And honestly, and I don't, I mean, I'm not saying psychology, I don't know all this stuff, but like to me with my own personal experience, but the feeling of suicide is when you hit like a point where you're so desperate for change and you feel like you're pigeonholed in a place where you can't escape from, mm -hmm. but that's like your last resort. Mm -hmm. And so it's not like I really wanted to kill myself, but I would have these dark feelings. And I remember being in the shower <laughs> And just feeling so depressed and sad. And I remember just sitting on the floor and it was like an hour long shower. And I was just like, I couldn't knock this feeling of like, I don't want to be here. Mm. Like this pain is more than I can bear. I'm just, I feel trapped within my own emotions. And where are they coming from? I have no reason to feel like this. Like I'm, it's like so frustrating. Right. So, like your outer life wasn't that bad is what you're saying. Yeah, it didn't make sense. I was just like, why the hell am I feeling this really intense emotion every month where I felt hijacked for no reason? So I'm an action taker. When there's a problem, I want to fix it. So I did a lot of, I started deep diving into my hormones. I'm like, well, maybe it's a hormonal thing. Like maybe I'm out of balance. So I, I finally found this hormone therapist who was incredible, having the most incredible, incredible results. And I was about, I called her with a consultation. I was about to spend $6,000 on hormone rehab, basically to get myself in balance because I'm tired of these feelings more than anything. I wanted to heal that. 
And so it's ironic because this mushroom trip happened five days after that consult. And I was like, six grand, like that's really a lot of money. I can't really afford that right now, but maybe I should invest that because it's my health and my well-being. So right. I was really what is that worth to feel yeah, I was like really, crap half of the yeah. month and like you like, don't want to live? And I was like in kind of like I hit like that was my last option kind of I felt like I was grappling with do I do it or not do it do I do it it's my last option. Well, then I did this mushroom trip. And it wasn't my hormones. We'll just put it that way. (laughs) So this is what's insane is, okay, so I decided to do this mushroom trip because I was in this state and I was like, just fed up with it. I was like, I'm tired of this dark emotional monster that keeps hijacking me every month. Like, I want to get to the core of this. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try mushrooms. I'm going to see if it will, if it will guide me into at least a direction or some insight. So I did my normal ritual, which I told you about. And I asked it pretty much that, like, just guide me, guide me where I'm blocked. I'm seeking some insight. So I started this trip, right? And as I, as I took those first three grams, you know, I felt it, I started feeling it, but I told you, I had this intuitive voice say, you need a little more to get to where you want to go. And I was like, okay. So I, I took more And then, girl, it hit me like a tsunami. And I have never felt that. It was almost like, and I wasn't scared, but I was like, oh boy, I better buckle up. And I was just like, oh, it's coming. And it was weird because like I started feeling the sensations, but intuitively I could feel like, oh, here's here's a, a wave of energy that is about to crash on me and it is going to engulf me is what it felt like. So what I did was I took a blanket and I always create a safe environment for myself. I like to be cozy and warm. I, I don't, I'm not way active when I trip. So I made my, made my own little nest and I just took a blanket, put it over my head, laid in a ball on my bed And I went on just the most incredible journey. So it started off, I won't go into too much detail. Well, as much as you want. (laughs) It's a trip. And you know, I didn't really understand trip until like after this, it was such a trip, like a journey, like a roller coaster road trip of flowing through different chapters. Mm. And so the first chapter was, I experienced a true pain purge. And it was awful. So I started, and you know, it's funny because I've had beautiful psychedelic trips before where they're just happy and flowy and artsy and just like, ah, all is roses and butterflies. Mm -hmm. It was not that. Like this tidal wave of darkness hit me and I was like, hunker down. This is going to be wild. So first thing is I started, I became flooded with pain, like memory pain. Emotional. this journey, emotional pain. So this journey took me from the beginning of my life. It was so crazy. I went, it, it was like the, what's the Christmas carol? Yeah, where the ghost takes you on a journey of the past. <laughs> so the ghost of Christmas past, you know, got me. And it took me from like birth to present. And it just kind of visited some of the most painful times, memories that I've held on to subconsciously in my emotional body. And it, and it showed me the pain and not only showed me, cause I'm, when I trip, I'm very like visual. It's almost like 
it's it's multi-sensory like I can see things as if I'm daydreaming or like in a dream kind of mm-hmm. but I can also feel things at the same time so it's really multi-dimensional in that regard and so I I was going through these memories of times, but they were also emotional memories where I was feeling it bubbled up all that past pain as if I was there as Mm -hmm. that five-year-old child or as that nine-year-old child that felt like she didn't fit in with her peers or when I got left at this time or when I was scolded here, when I, you know, like it Mm -hmm. literally took me to a lot of memories, some that I hadn't even thought about in so long, but what was crazy was how real the emotion was as if I was there and I felt so much pain in this short period of time. It was probably like an hour of going through this emotional buildup of pain. And then at the end of it, I just sobbed. I was sweating, by the way, I was sweating from like every pore. I was drenched. I just started sobbing. So I was like, it was almost like I was just excreting all fluids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I felt, and I could feel that. And I thought that for a minute. I'm like, I am just so gross right now. Like my eyes will are just pouring. Like snot was coming out of my nose. Like I just felt like I was dying. And we there was that clip is like a commercial of why <laughs> someone wants to do psychedelic therapy. <laughs> right there. <laughs> You may feel like you're dying and melting. <laughs> and snot's coming out of your mouth and your eyes and you're sweating. And Do it with friends. It's a great idea. <laughs> but seriously, like there was a moment there where I was like, oh shit, did I poison myself? <laughs> like I literally thought like, oh my God, I think I'm dying. Like I think I poisoned myself. This is the biggest dose I've ever done. My face felt all puffy and swollen and I was like melting. It was awful. So if someone was going to say they've had a bad trip, I mean, I could categorize that as a bad trip, Yeah. but it it was actually teaching me so much. Mm. And when you're in a really deep trip, there's multiple, like you can think in five different directions. It's actually incredible to see like the brain capacity. It can be thinking multiple thoughts at once and going like in directions and you're, you're less limited. It's really Mm. cool. So in this moment, you know, I was having thoughts of like, oh my God, I'm dying. But then there was like an awareness that was like, it. I have a religious background, you know, I was raised Mormon and this and that. And but I'm not anymore, but like, and this, it didn't even relate to my religious background. I think this was just a symbolic lesson that bubbled up to my awareness was you know, I felt like Jesus, like when I thought of the atonement, you know, and that's a term that's a little limited to, I don't know, LDS religion, I guess. But it was very symbolic because in that religion, they talk about Jesus like bleeding from every pore Mm -hmm. and he was experiencing like excruciating pain for the whole world. And it was this really encompassing experience, right? And he was experiencing a pain purge. Yeah. And my mind went to that Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh my God, like I'm literally going through my own personal version of that story. And I was like my own Jesus, like basically atoning for all the pain that I have carried my whole life. Mm. It was crazy. And so, and then so you could release that. So you could 
purging. I was, I was letting it go. I was transmuting it, Mm -hmm. you know, like alchemy. So that's what was happening. And it was funny because that awareness happened right after my fear of like, I'm dying. (laughs) And then that awareness flooded into me like, no, no, like consider this concept You know, and it's not saying all these concepts are literal, but it's how they chose to teach me a lesson Mm -hmm. that I I learn a lot through allegories and metaphors. And these little shrooms were teaching me in the most productive way for me to learn, which is very visual, very emotional, very personalized to me and very metaphorical. And so it was showing me, look, Look at all this pain that you've created in your life. Like you've been carrying. You've been carrying in your emotions. Like you have experienced so much pain. And it was like basically making me like sniff the pain. Like look at it, taste it, experience it. Like it was in your face and it was gross. It was like, Mm -hmm. look at it. You know, just, ah. So that was that. And then I purged it. And it was crazy because it was the most intense experience I've ever had. Like I was balled up in a fetal position. I was sweating. I was dripping from every pore and like almost shaking. Like actually I probably was shaking. I think I was shaking. (laughs) I was in such an altered state of just like survival Mm -hmm. that it was so traumatic. It seemed traumatic, but it was actually really releasing and healing. So after that experience, I was just like, get through it, surrender, surrender to it. Like let it happen. So you said purging. Did you actually physically puke or you just, you purged emotionally? Purged through sweat and snot and tears. And I learned that that's actually, I think how my body purges most. Mm. laughing can be a purge Mm. dancing movement the antsiness that people get like the anxiety movement can be a purge like there's a lot of different purging you know like having the shits or vomiting can be a purge but mine was definitely definitely like a water-based purging um so after that so after like i stopped it pretty much it came to a halt after it gave me this awareness of what was happening, it was like, we're just, you're purging this girl. Like, get it out. That's what it said. It's like, get it out now. Now get it out. And, and I did, I cried. I cried so hard. I cried so hard that I thought my eyes were going to pop out. Mm -hmm. Like I thought my face was going to explode. I was crying so hard. And I just like allowed myself to sob and to feel every part of it. So after that, I had this intense calm come over me. It was just so calm. I became so still. The pain was gone. And then, you know, the mushrooms took me on the next phase. (laughs) And so basically, the next part of this, it was taking me on a lesson journey. So the first part was showing me like what's been in me, what I've been carrying all this, these years. And then it allowed me to let go and release all of that. And then the next chapter was, um, (laughs) was so cute. This is, I have the, I have a cartoon brain anyways, but the visualization that it created for this next part was perfect. So the next part was to show the part in my brain that was causing my negative feelings, Hmm. the feelings that I've been struggling with my whole life for each month that I was telling you about, right? 
And basically what it showed me is it brought me like into a visual of my brain, kind of like in a cartoon where it's like, this is Aaron's brain. And it showed me this area. It showed me like an area of my brain that was like black tar. And I was like, oh, what's that? You know, like, and then it, it like, it was almost like download, almost like you're talking to someone in your mind. Like, as if you had like, you know, when you talk to yourself in your mind, like, what should I go and get from the store? You know, that narrative. Mm-hmm. It felt like that. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, oh, what's that? And then I'd get a response of like, this is the negative beliefs that you've been carrying in your thoughts. These, these thoughts um, that have been programmed in your mind has created this toxic black gunk. Mm. And this is what's causing your pain that you want answers to pretty much. And I was like, hmm, that's cool and scary. And so I was like, okay, let's go into that. So this next chapter was going into that specific localized area of my brain where I had toxic thoughts. And so the mushroom trip, and I can't explain exactly how it did it because it's so like multi-sensory, it's an incredible experience, but basically it tunneled me, it rabbit holed me down to find the core belief of that pain. And it did it by allowing me to remember a point of pain in my life where like I, I created this negative belief that basically was like, I'm alone and nobody cares about me. So I was able with this guide, I'll just call it this, a guide. This guide brought me to find that core belief that I made when I was really, really little, like really little, like age two, wow. <laughs> kind of little really small. And so with that belief that I told myself as a child, it just like, um, you know, like when, when gum is on the sidewalk and it bakes in the sun for years and it just gets matted and squishier and more black. Mm -hmm. That's what this belief was. It was showing me in a visualization that this is what happened to this belief. Like you've told yourself this story so many times that it's turned into this baked tar on that part of your brain and and look how toxic it is basically and i was like oh it allowed me to see what it was and i was like oh that's really bad like okay and then it asked me what do you want to do with it and it always asks me that's what's so strange it always would ask me what i wanted to do and i was like and it gave me options you know like do you want to leave it do you want to do something about it let's do something about it So then all of a sudden I saw little scrubbing bubbles, (laughs) little scrubbing bubbles cleaning that area. And then it showed it all clean and it said, okay, well, we've cleaned out that negative belief. Do you want to fill it with a new one? What would you like to replace it with? And I was like, wow, that's, that's cool. Like you can do that, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Why don't I do that? And so then I chose to do the opposite because in my training and history of learning the best healing is to experience the opposite of the thing that traumatized you yeah so instead of i'm alone and nobody loves me i did i'm not alone and there are so many people that love me mm-hmm. so i chose that belief to replace that spot in my brain to a new narrative yeah. basically and so, so, cool. so it was like, yeah, you know, it was like, good job. And then it took me on like this 
different, I won't go into detail in the next part, but it basically the next part of the journey was it pretty much went through every person in my life that cared about me. It showed me evidence of this new belief that cemented it into my mind. So it wasn't just telling me something I have no evidence for, because then I won't believe it. It actually made me think of every person in my life and who's ever been in my life who have showed their love and care for me. And they proved it wrong. Sorry, I interrupted you. Um, She was just saying they proved it wrong. And the cool thing is in this, so, oh, have so much, is that in, on the medicine, you feel it to the depths of your soul. It's not just like, oh yeah, that person probably likes me. And I know that logically, but you like feel it, you take it in. It's like, part of you right and when you're experiencing that it's like you're you're living it you're feeling how much they feel and how much they care about you you're feeling that not just someone says they care about me it's different and while I'm talking that whole thing you just explained is so cool because they took you through and this is so fun this is why I love this I could just talk with people about these experiences and and people have experiences like this not on plant medicine or not on mushrooms but a lot of times it's like a near death experience and right. and that's it's funny now this is another side tangent but people are like well why wouldn't i think i'd become addicted to it and i would just want to be in that state all the time and you're like no no you don't want to be <laughs> really in that state all the time. i mean it's great and it's amazing and it's life changing no. but no you don't like you don't it become addicted it hurt it's like <laughs> Like you don't, it's like saying, oh, I had this cool near death yeah. experience and it changed my life. I want to do that again. Let me like, yeah. let me like die and almost go to heaven and realize these cool things and see myself from a higher consciousness and from a God point of view and dig into all these right. things and understand it from a higher level and come back and want to live my life to my full purpose and passion and then be like, well, why wouldn't I want to do that every single day every or day. every week <laughs> it's just like so true. they don't and get I'm it said that because i think hearing about it without ever doing it it is hard to understand like well when you taste chocolate don't you want chocolate all the time and like you said it is more like a near-death experience of something that's uncomfortable or for me it's like doing a brutal workout. It's like, I don't like doing that, but I do it because it's healthy for me. I don't like doing these intense dives into like my shame or psychology, but I do it because I need it. And it's not always deep dives and like that. Sometimes it's just really like pleasant and fun. Right. Um, And even those you're like exhausted, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's exhausting. So really fast, this whole thing you described as I was a facilitator and I've I've been to a little bit of Landmark, but as I was a facilitator for Outlook and as I worked with, um, took a Byron Katie uh, course to be able to facilitate Byron Katie and all of these things. And now when you said that, I am going to read the children's book on the podcast, Byron Katie's children's book, Tiger, Tiger, is it true? Have you read it? 
It's yeah, so know, but it's good. probably the same process. It's, yeah, it's this process and they make it so simple that a kid can understand it, right? It's so simple. But as we went through at Outlook, we dug in a little deeper, right? We explained how, well, if you have these beliefs that you got from wherever, I'm not lovable, I'm not pretty, no, you know, people are going to leave right. me. You start creating that outcome by the way you're yeah. living, right? You're creating someone's going to leave me because you're like... I'm not lovable. They're going to leave me. And then you start acting out in a way that makes them be like, it goes what? back to this that we what were talking you? about. Like yeah. this cycle of sorts is here. And so we describe that and go through this learning where they can see and, and examples. Okay. So I think I'm not lovable or I'm not beautiful and I'm getting ready for my anniversary date with my husband or something. And then I am so excited. I got all dressed up. I look, think I look great. And he walks in and he's like, Oh yeah, sorry. I was late. I was just busy at work. And he walks in and it doesn't say anything. Like you look beautiful. Wow. Look at you. Nothing. Right. That doesn't like your brain takes that information. You don't think about, oh, he was stressed out at work or whatever context yeah. was. You just think he didn't even say anything. I'm it's not beautiful. Story out of it. Not exactly. Yeah. You have these stories going on and you, you interpret the things that you're the feed input, the input that you're getting, you interpret them in a way that makes that true or that is from your filter that you're living with. Validates that. Yeah. And so in that program and Byron Katie's is a lot simpler. So I really like to, it deals with the pain that you, that's coming up right now for you and that one judgment. And then you walk through the steps, which I'm sure I'll go over because I love it. And it's very profound. And it sometimes it does take something to like get it deep. Like sometimes you can get it logically and you're like, Hey, I know this logically, but you can't like feel it deep or or incorporate it yet. But, um, okay. So the process with outlook, I am going in a million different ways. We would do that same thing. You just walked us through. It's so cool. Like we'd go into this, find all they, we'd write down all these different things, but we'd find that core belief. We'd get down to it. Mm -hmm. And then then you'd go through like, where did you first think this or learn this or hear right. this? You know, because you get things by repetition or an emotional experience or a authority figure telling it to you or all three of them, an authority figure telling it to you over and over again. And it was yeah. very emotional, right? And then we're, right. that's trauma. <laughs> right? Right. I just made that up right now, but the trauma part, at least. On point, girl. <laughs> like, <laughs> but but no, there's really, when what we talked about it, it was, it's just a really strong experience that created a belief in you. And so right. then when you, we went back and we found where that came from. And so interesting you say this because my good friend, Jamie Etley, he would use every single, you know, not every single time, but he would use the experience he had to. Tourette's and he would talk about his experience in school and like a cute girl would come and he would be like, I can't talk to her. I'm going to tick or I'm going to yell something or whatever. And then he'd, you know, he'd just like pretend to pick up a pencil or I don't know. He was talking about his experience, right? Living that and how hard it was. And he goes through this experience where he was playing video games with some friends when he was like in third grade. And he picked up this belief from something one of the kids said. And 
it stuck with him this whole time. And that's, that's interesting that he came back to me. Very great guy taught me so many wonderful things and just could see every single person that came through his program. And he, he taught us how to be in tune and look at each person. Gosh, I'd almost call it like channel, but that's, that's kind of a, if you were. I like the word attunement because it is becoming like in tune, like in sync, synchronizing with somebody. Yeah, exactly. In kind of in tunement with them and alignment so that I could be inspired and flow the words that they needed to hear and be able to tell them their strengths and see their strengths and see maybe some of their weaknesses and where they needed to work on things. Anyway, we go through this whole process and then uh, on the end of both Byron Katie's and his thing and almost anything you do, you turn it around, you flip it to the opposite, right? Or Byron Katie, there's several different things. I'll just have to go over that later. But one of them is the opposite. That's kind of the easiest one too. Like I was saying, even with my friend, he should love me more. Well, I should love me more. You know, he should pay more attention to me. He should talk with me. I should talk with me. So anyway, that opposite thing, but that's so cool that that's where it took you on this, on this journey that you like, feel it deep to the depths of your soul and it's gone. Right. And it made me question. And that's where I'm like, I mean, I don't know if that kind of, if it would take someone through that exact thing, but maybe, I I don't know if it utilizes maybe the, the training and the past experiences I've had in landmark that Uh does the same method. So maybe it utilized what I already knew. I'm sure. Who knows really how it all works like that, but what was profound was it was able to target a specific deep-rooted belief that was so deeply ingrained into my subconscious that I have been seeking that exact belief for like six years mm. and have not been able to target it, pinpoint it, right? It was one of these sneaky little ones hiding in the shadows that I couldn't find. Mm-hmm. And it just brought it right there. I, I had to do nothing but go on the trip mm-hmm. and it brought it to me. That's that's what's interesting is this experience brought it to me through the method that worked mm-hmm. for me, you know, visualization, this whole process, the, the incredible. So oh. I do want to talk about the result because yes, please. it still blows my mind. And I've talked to some really close friends. So like a guy I've dated off and on. I met him right after this mushroom trip, okay? Oh, and at the time, I was in contact with a really close friend I met traveling who actually just wrote a book and released it called Trapped Trapped Within Myself about his experience of suicide. He tried committing suicide. It failed. And then he ended up just flipping his life around and figuring out why he was really suffering and what he needed to do for his life to bring him back to happiness. Wow. Anyway, so him and I, like, he was struggling with his own suicidal experience during this time. And after this trip, I reached out to him and was like, dude, we've got to talk. Because I just had this experience that's like, mind-blowing here's the effect i'm i don't know if it's gonna last but i'm gonna really pay attention and i'm gonna let you know the long-term effect of this experience so that's a side note the guy that i started dating like a month after this he's like struggling on his own stuff right now and it brought up some interesting conversations of my history like with depression and this and that he's like 
it's weird that you bring this stuff up. He's like, because out of the last three years, I've never seen you in that state that you talk about. Like you talk about this dark state that you used to go into monthly. He's like, I don't see you do that. I can't even, I don't believe you. And I was like, oh my God, that's so validating because it's true. Like I have not gone back into that state since. So this is what happened. So after that trip, you know, the trip finished out with this whole other cool thing, which was, it was one of the most beautiful trips I've ever gone on. You know, what a ride. (laughs) But the next, and then that night I was exhausted. So I just ate dinner. I was like shaky because I was exhausted. I ate dinner, took a shower and went to sleep. The next day I got up and felt really motivated to just go on a walk. I was living downtown. And so I went on a walk. And as soon as I went outside, I felt physically lighter. Like I felt a weight taken off my chest and my shoulders, like an invisible weight. It was so weird. And I was like, whoa, is this just in my head? This is strange. Cause I can literally feel a difference. I felt lighter. I felt like I could stand taller. I could breathe deeper. And so that's what I noticed. And what I told my friend about was like, you will not believe this. I have this like massive effect. So I walked around for like hours and I was like, I still feel lighter. Like this is a dramatic difference. It's kind of tripping me out. What the heck is this all about? And then I was like, okay, I'm going to take a log weekly and just see if that heaviness comes back or if I stay light. And then I also made a log, is my depression going to come back? Are these like really negative kind of like suicidal feelings come back? Yeah. Or, you know, like I, I wanted to track it long-term. Because Good I'm for nerd- you. I'm so glad yeah, you did. I'm, I'm really like, you know, objective in my own way. You know, it's a small way of measuring, but still. And so I did. And months later, I still felt lighter. You know, the feelings have never come back. I'm not kidding. It's been three years and I have not felt that level of despair. That is the best, the best word I can capsulize that feeling. It was despair, dark, deep, demonic. It felt Mm. like demonic because it was just like this monster that would hijack me. And it was despair, which is one of the most low vibration of energy out there, like frequency. So Um, that's why it felt so horrible. And I have not felt despair once, not once since I've had sorrow. I've had hurt. I've had pain. I've had emotional this and that, but that deep level of despair to the point where I don't want to exist anymore on this planet. I've never felt this. And that's insane. That's so like even crazy to admit. And I'm still in shock by it. That's the big impact it had on me. And I like, I hardly had to do anything for it. You know, I just had to like go through it and change a belief and freedom. Like what the hell? It wasn't hormones. It was a deep rooted negative belief causing so much suffering. So that's, that's the message I want to put out there to people like guys, there are different methods of healing way beyond what Western medicine will tell us. And I'm not saying there's not a great spot for that. There is. But there's also a lot that we don't know about and that we're learning about. And there's nothing wrong with trying something new. It's like, don't be afraid, trust yourself. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And and in another 10 years, I have no doubt that 
everybody will have heard of this and the research on it and will understand it a lot more. And there won't be this fear surrounding it and the stigma surrounding it. And we'll, we'll just understand it more. It's not that people, you know, like that there aren't any risks or that there's not hard times around it, but we'll, we'll get what it is a little bit more as much more than more than we, the media and whatever society knows, most of society knows about it. It's crazy how much as I talk with people, I'm like, who, who doesn't know? Wait, who am I? I mean, there are still people, obviously. There's so much fear around it. Like there's such a a narrative, a negative stigma around it Mm -hmm. that's been put there, you know? Yeah. But it's changing and it's really neat to see. And hopefully this time around (laughs) this shot, we can keep it and we can try and do things to help people keep people safe and they'll be aware of what they're going into and people will do it with intention. And as we decriminalize and as we legalize, it's not just going to be this party thing for the teenagers. It's going to make huge changes in our society, in the healing that we have and in the expansion that we have and the love that we have. I mean, that was the big thing. I was just like, I just want everyone to feel this love that I have. It's so beyond, it's beyond words, right? You turn Mm -hmm. into like the expansion of the universe. Mm -hmm. Like your love can just radiate like sunbeams. (laughs) It's so powerful. It's so cool. I never understood that. I mean, not understood it. I was like, people would say, oh, we're all one and everything is. And I was just like, okay, I guess if you look at it that way or you know what I mean? But I didn't (laughs) didn't quite get it to the depth that when you just feel it, man, I need a better vocabulary. But um, who does have a good vocabulary is Michael Pollan. I think that's how you say his last name. He has a amazing, he describes it taking psychedelics for the first time at like 65 or something. And he's a journalist Mm. and he describes it so well. And that's why I'm bringing people like you on. I love the way you were describing just this dark gunk gum that's been stepped on and and dried out and stuck there you know and the the way you described all of it just so so beautiful and they're so profound I really appreciate you coming on is there anything I usually want to help promote people for the gift they've given us and the world by sharing their experience and I think you might just be here just because you want to help people here i totally <laughs> just want to share this the share this this opportunity for people to go outside of their fear yep. yeah that's really why it hasn't been available or even researched is fear and that that's what we get stuck in a lot is yeah. on that fear end of the spectrum instead of the the yeah. love and the trusting and openness end of the spectrum yep Harm, I love what you've created here to a platform to discuss these kind of things. So thank you for your courage and your efforts and your true devotion and passion. You know, you are that vibrant person. I know you well, and you are exactly 
this. So thank you for everything you're doing. Thanks. You are so sweet. I hope that we'll be able to have more chats, but I really appreciate your time here. So thank you. Thanks so much for subscribing and leaving a review. Come join our amazing free community, Life Changing Trips. There's a link in the description.